Jimmy, quickly, the podcast is starting. It's being broadcast live around the world. Golly. Y'all move. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 47, Dungeon Dice Monsters, Part 2. Jimmy, we did it. We made it. For once, we're doing uh, an episode that doesn't actually have any uh, dual monsters in it. Well, doesn't it, though? No. Aren't there, though? <laughs> if you want to be real technical about it, I suppose so, but... Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get right around to that. Uh, we finally get to see the dungeon, the dice, and the monsters... All in one place. Wow, three great flavors. As in uh, one. I, well, I, I think I mean I think this is the point that you're getting at. This is the first episode in which a game is played that is not dual monsters. Yes, it is in fact dungeon dice monsters, which has one of the same words. <laughs> Original content. Do not steal. Yeah. Tm 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 tm. Exactly right. That's I mean that's kind of the plot of this episode if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh, but before no, it we talk is. about it, it literally is. But before we talk about the episode, as we do every week, we like to start our show with a recommendation of things that you, the listener, can do with your twenty minutes besides watching this episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, because even if you don't value your time, we do. Jimmy, I'm curious about your recommendation this week because this is not something that I would have thought to do on my own. <laughs> My recommendation this week is to spend your 20 minutes to look up uh, the best of Tumblr posts. Uh, because say what you will about Tumblr as like a content platform and a service. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being a shit posting engine, it is god tier. Just the the stuff that people do on Tumblr is just, is just absolutely hilarious. Like and do you have like an example pulled up? I'm trying to picture like I know what shit posting is, but I don't know that I could like recall a a, a brilliant shit post for you. That's the thing about shit posts is they're not they're not great, but they're just I mean, hence the name. So, presumably, yeah, it's just so randomly funny, like the kind of stuff that you would that would make you laugh when you're with your friends, mm-hmm. just online and really no other uh website comes close besides i think twitter Hmm. just in terms of making just the most off the wall crazy sort of funny stuff and i can't even like quantify it i can't even describe what i'm talking about but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, like I can I can picture it. Is there like a is there like a best of Tumblr list somewhere? Is there like a like a BuzzFeed article about this? Is there Uh there's a numer there's a whole bunch of like Instagram things that just like repost really great stuff oh, uh-huh. from Tumblr, but there's That's also all Instagram's a... good for anymore. It's just reposting good Con... Twitter and Tumblr memes. Yeah. Um and and pictures But there of my is dog. a subreddit called just tumblr that has uh really like the the cream of the crop so if you just go to r slash tumblr and sort by top of all time there there's some good stuff in there that'll make you laugh i hope if all right 
if you're into that sort of Dadaist <laughs> nonsense humor, as I am, uh, I recommend you Ah, yes, that. Tumblr, the most Dadaist of websites. I mean, it really is. Okay, so here's so, okay, so here's one. So it's a this isn't a shit post, but it's just the top thing on r slash Tumblr right now, or one of the top things. It's a it's an account called Cute Little Animals Things, and it's a close up picture of a hand holding a, a tiny little shell with a tiny little hermit crab in it that I'm not entirely convinced isn't Photoshop, and the caption for the picture is a very wee hermit crab, and then. There's a there's somebody else who uh, reblogged it because that's a, the thing that Tumblr did. I'm trying to remember <laughs> being in high school and using Tumblr, uh, and uh, they reblogged it and they said he shell too big for he got damn him, <laughs> which is I I'm guessing the, uh, a retelling of he, he boot too big, too big for, yeah uh-huh. for his goddamn feet yeah. Uh, One of the hottest posts right right now is, who needs ghosts? Haunt your own house. Wander around your own living room, wailing and crying. (laughs) I do already. Ghosts hate me because I do their job for them. Millennials are killing the haunting industry. (laughs) Okay. Yep. I like that. Uh, This one is, uh, his youngest sister giggled in French. And then somebody going, how do you giggle in French? Another person answering, ha ha ha, wee wee, baguette. I'm going to send you this one. It's, um, my mom will embroider anything I send her a picture of. I've been exclusively sending her surreal drawings I've made in class. And it's a drawing of a cat whose feet are small cats. And then side by side, it's the embroidery of this that this person's mom has made of the same drawing of a cat whose feet are small cats. I also love the picture below that is an egg with what I'm going to decide is Nicolas Cage's face uh, with a voice bubble saying, make good choices. The, the idea that this is happening somewhere in the world and this kid is sending their mom just random surreal imagery and she just then creates new art from it because she loves her children is just hilarious and heartwarming to me. I, this all makes me kind of nervous because I don't know how old any of these posts are. Like the the reason that I think this is such a great recommendation is like Tumblr has changed drastically over the last what year, two years. Like they got bought by Yahoo. Uh, they like started auto uh, blocking a lot of the content on there uh, under the guise of it being pornographic, but it's yeah, like re- landscapes Yahoo. and you know what have you. Yahoo's uh, doing its best to take Tumblr and run it into the freaking ground, but and, it's well, still. I, I mean, I'm I'm convinced that it that it will like it'll briefly replace Yahoo Answers, uh, and then uh, it'll just die, right? And then Instagram is going to be left, and then that's just going to be the place where all the Tumblr memes live, and then Facebook is going to run Instagram into the ground, and you know envelop it in its weird uh, uh machinations mm-hmm. and then that's gonna go away too because it's just gonna be like people's moms posting bible verses all day and no one's gonna want to use it and i'm not speaking from personal experience at all hi mom uh and uh, does your mom listen to this i hope not i genuinely i don't know if she does sorry that you have here. to hear us tyler's mom i 
rate us on Insta- or on uh, on Instagram. <laughs> rate us on Instagram. Rate us on iTunes. <laughs> I mean, please do go to our Instagram and like our posts. Yeah, I put good content shit. on there. It's good shit. Uh, I really like that recommendation, though, Jimmy. Thank you, and thank you for the the Reddit recommendation too. I'm gonna subscribe to that right now. What is your recommendation this week? Well, I mean, Jimmy... I can I can see it here, and it's hilarious to me. But thank you. Please I'm glad. Go ahead. Uh, you know, as as you and I have talked about on several occasions, the the weather here has been traditionally English, just cold and gray and wet and unpleasant for the Tyler, most part this is the first time in doing uh this podcast in this format where i haven't seen you wearing a jacket indoors exactly uh on several occasions i've worn m- no fewer than three jackets while recording this episode yeah you're in <laughs> or this uh this podcast beanies and like two jackets and like a sweater underneath mm-hmm. and like in the background, Lauren is bundled up under a blanket, and even Next Pepper is wearing yeah. his clothes. Yeah, it's been bad. It's 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 <laughs> been bad. Uh, and finally, this week, uh, I think probably Easter was really the day that it happened. Behold, for he is risen. Uh, the temperatures also rose, <laughs> and uh, you know it, it became spring all of a sudden. And today, it's like. It was like, I'm trying to do the conversion into Fahrenheit. It was like 55. It was like almost 60 degrees. Uh, it might have even been warmer than that. And the, the, th- the, other the other day it was 75, Lawrence reminding me, which is just like, oh, wow. just, and I'm, and I'm, it was literally one day was cold and miserable. The next day was sunny and, and wonderful and warm. And uh, it has become that season where I buy shorts. <sighs> Entering into sh- a new season of life. I don't wear shorts for maybe five eighths season. of the year. <laughs> and and every spring I find myself buying new shorts. And it's a cycle that I that I really love. Uh, because for the longest time in my life, I and to this day, really, I have always been the kind of person who's very particular about fabrics and like the clothes that I wear. To the point where as a kid, I would have like one outfit that I wore for far too long. Like Oh my I god, had, you're an anime protagonist. I mean, yeah, kind of. Like that's what I wanted to be. I I saw that scene in like Doug or Pepper Ann where they open their closet and their closet is just the same outfit over and over and over again. Like that was what I aspired to. Nothing uh, surprises me less. No, yeah, in some ways in some ways I became a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Closet full of the exact same outfit. Yeah. Uh and so like I would just wear whatever I felt comfortable in over and over and over again. And that was never shorts ever. Like I wore jeans. Once I found a pair of jeans that was comfortable for me, I wore jeans year round and I grew up outside of Sacramento. So like we had 110, 120 degree summers. Right. So I was just a miserable child for most of my life. And then finally I discovered that nobody cared what my knees looked like. (laughs) I'm just and imagining you suffering for just the idea of denim. <laughs> just yeah, I mean, out in, in 
the friggin' Central Valley in 100 degree weather, just like sweating all down your legs. And you're just like, no, I have to wear these well, jeans. Because for me, it was like, I don't like how shorts feel. I don't like the fabric. I don't like the fact that the I can feel the fringe or the, the hem on my knee. I don't like that people are going to be looking at my knees. I have weird looking knees. Like, I don't, I don't want any of this. And then I realized nobody fucking cares. Nobody's looking at these knees. And so I just... Lauren is, she reminds me. Yes, thank you. Judging me, judging my knees from a distance. Uh, And uh, I I just, my favorite part about spring is that it is short buying season for me again. So I went and I bought two pairs of shorts. I bought a pair of swim trunks because I'm going to Florida in a couple of weeks. Oh, really? Uh, Fun times. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a work retreat. So, eh, uh, eh, uh, but it is finally uh just a thing that you can do again just let let your your four legs be free your i couldn't think of shins for some reason <laughs> your, your four calves. legs your four, I'm not you know, like horse. your forearms <laughs> i'm a centaur surprise uh but uh yeah so anyway so uh if if you uh the listener are uh you know somebody like who i used to be let me just speak these words of encouragement into your life Nobody cares about your fucking knees. Put some shorts on. They're comfy and easy to wear. There it as, is. As my friend, uh, what was his name in the Pokemon games? Did he have a consistent name? Isn't it like Trainer Joey or something? So there was Trainer Joey. There was also like Kindergartner Kyle. Kindergartner Kevin. He said a, he said a, a, a bunch of names, but I think Trainer Joey was the original. Youngster. Youngster Joey. Youngster Joey. As my good friend Youngster Joey would say. I like shorts. They're comfy and easy to wear. And that's my recommendation is to put on some goddamn shorts this season. Be the shorts you want to see in the world. The big <laughs> short. It's, uh, yeah. All right. There it is. Uh, with that out of the way, uh, should we talk about this episode? Let's talk about this episode of Dungeon Dice Monsters. It's time to discuss... The episode. Jimmy, as I mentioned, this is episode 47 of season one. We are nearly, nearly at the end. This is Dungeon Dice Monsters part D. This entire mini arc is like the after credit sequence of the main show. Uh, where do you want to start with this episode? Uh, let's just start at the beginning. I was briefly distracted because I was looking up the uh, translated Japanese title. Sometimes that's better than like part one, part two. This one's not so much. It's Showdown Dungeon Dice Monsters. Oh, well, that's just disappointing. Basically the name of the episode anyway. Uh, I do want to point out that this episode starts with something that a phrase that would have turned heads 20 years ago, but nobody cares about today. Mm-hmm. Which is how we started our own episode. It's being broadcast <laughs> live around the world. Like, yeah, twenty years ago, stoked. you would need tons and tons of like specialized equipment to be able to do this. But I could take my phone right now and broadcast me live around the world, and literally no one would care. We are being broadcast live around the world, often via space. Uh, yeah, right now, or underground for... cables. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a dated phrase. I think it's probably even dated at the time. Cause this came out 
what, 2002? We've said it a bunch on the show. In the early aughts. This yeah. is post Y2K. We know what the internet is. Yeah, but they didn't really have live streaming then. It wasn't no, quite that's to true. that point. That's very true. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing because it's people running towards uh, Duke Devlin's game store because, uh, as some random child reminds us, A, the duel is about to start, and B, it's being broadcast live around the world. So apparently they all need to gather in one place a uh, hundred or so meters from where it's happening so that they can watch it, even though they could all just go to their respective homes. Maybe that's just my opinion about crowds. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those tropes where, um, like, something is happening on the news and there's, like, a TV store or something that has a bank of TVs all showing the same thing and a crowd gathers in front of it. But it's just the game store and people lining up, basically, outside the front doors to see the giant TVs that they have showing the duel inside. Right, and it's like... You get the impression that there's a bunch of people there being like, whoa, it's a new game. Oh, my God. They sell that game here. Whoa. Whoa. Like, yeah, just, just out of their game. gourds that this thing is happening. To uh, be fair, there's only one game in the entire world. That's true. Yeah, I guess. And like, And the duel that is about to start features the ostensibly the best person at that one game versus the creator of a new game that's true uh, and they're gonna they're gonna play that new game i guess uh so we cut down to the the dueling arena where we saw uh, joey lose to duke previously and duke and yugi are like facing off on opposite sides of the dueling arena and they just kind of spend a minute or two recapping the terms of the duel like they're shouting at each other back and yeah. forth being literally like, and remember. yugi says remember all this such this stuff that happened last episode uh, is going to happen now. And I and I get that for, like, you know, kids in the audience, right? Like, oh, okay, I remember what happened last week. But for the characters, remember that thing I said 30 seconds ago? <laughs> uh, and, for, okay, for those of you who have not been keeping up with the show, uh, the, the terms of this duel are is that Yugi bets that if uh, he uh, loses, Yugi has to stop playing Duel Monsters forever uh he can he can no longer game nor be king of said games uh and if duke gives up the title king of games right and if duke loses uh which they don't talk about as much uh he has to do whatever yugi wants which would be uh letting joey out of his horrible dog contract uh and closing the game store is that right or no just letting joey free yeah he can do whatever he wants he just has to if if yugi loses he has to like give up everything he's ever worked towards if duke loses he has to stop putting yugi's friend in a fursuit those that's the terms of this whole duel (laughs) this really doesn't seem like a fair bet to me the more we talk about it but there's a lot of there Unfair we have it. things here, but that's the plot of the episode, so we have to accept its terms. So Yugi's decision-making ability uh, is what it is. So as uh, they say at the beginning of this duel, now let's get it on. <laughs> uh, 
as uh, Duke shouts those famous words, uh, the dueling arena begins to change and shift and morph, and it uh, sort of transformer blah, 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 uh, as as the board in the middle sort of drops and a new board comes up and the podium sort of uh, how would you describe the motion they make they pull back i guess sort of yeah, into the wall a little their bit podium control i don't even know what you call these things control booths the little podiums that they duel at yeah they like robotically sink into the ground and are replaced with slightly different podiums and this whole arena uh, transforms into a slightly different arena. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't need to do nearly as much work as what happens in this little animation here. Like, it's it's like when uh, like when you go ice skating in the winter, you know, and they're like, okay, everybody, you know, off the ice, we got to set up for the hockey game. Mm-hmm. And they just like send out a Zamboni and then they paint the lines. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's a totally different thing now. Yeah. Imagine if every time like some kind of sports arena had to change, they instead of just like changing the arena they're on, they had the entire thing like sink into the ground and like somewhere in the bowels of the earth, they had a second <laughs> arena that just is on rails and comes and rises up. Right. And like warp turns into this other thing. It's completely unnecessary. And Duke had the whole arena set up literally just so he could show off the ability to do that. I mean, credit where credit's due, right? Like, as so far as we know, this holographic dual system was a prototype, like a month ago, maybe, right? Like, yeah. however long ago episode one was. Uh, and not only is there a whole theme park based around them, but, uh, he was able to get the rights to that system, I guess, or at least like create a facsimile of it and then modify it such that it turned into a system for a different game yeah, all within he, the space of about a month. He hack and toshes the dual arena, which like, I mean, props, like if that's, if that's all Duke Devlin, which I kind of doubt, uh that'd be that'd be impressive yeah so i'll I'll give him that but uh yeah it it, it's all like changing and doing whatever and then duke explains that it's a a whole new game which well okay (laughs) we're (laughs) we're stretching the words whole new and game here a bit uh and he he starts explaining to yugi that even though Yugi is the king of games, uh, it's nothing like this game. This is nothing like Duel Monsters. And uh, you better learn the rules fast, because remember, you're going to give up king of games if you lose. And then Yugi goes, I will learn the rules very fast. I'm king of games for a reason. And Duke goes, you better learn the rules very fast, or you're not going to be king of games anymore. And Yugi's like, I will. And Duke's like, you better. Yeah, if you want to win this game, you're going to have to learn how to play this game. Thanks for the advice, Duke Devlin. I'm trying to think of a game for which that is not applicable. Literally any game uh, works like that. Is there a game that you can win without knowing the rules? Running for presidency. Ooh, nope, sorry. Sorry, nope, nope. Taking it back. Oh, man. Political takes. There's a game that you can lose. 
find oh laura no and everyone listening to this podcast just lost the game don't do that to our listeners i am i am wounded (laughs) that oh how could you do that pains me (laughs) Uh, at this point, I must announce publicly that I have lost the game. <laughs> For personal reasons, I have lost the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... That, that, Lauren, I am shocked. <laughs> Our podcast has been completely derailed now. It's been weaponized is what's <laughs> happened. Uh, okay, so so there... It's a... Uh, okay, the dialogue between Duke and Yugi, the reason that I really want to bring this out is this is what it looks like when two 13-year-olds try to enter a dick measuring contest. <laughs> and they just like are waggling at each other like they're all hot shit. And really, it's it's nothing because it's a dice game, uh, as is revealed, that has mm, r- rules with giant air quotes it has systems with bigger air quotes so what happens is is that the the podium uh well okay because i i'm reading your note here (laughs) your note here says and i quote i'm just gonna let you explain how the game works tyler because i know how much you enjoy game rules true (laughs) yes i feel seen uh also i'm curious now having read that what your understanding of this game is. It's basically uh, zombie dice. You have a bunch of dice. Oh, yes. And okay. they the dice have different little symbols on them, and you just roll them, and if you match two of the same symbols, you can do different things on different colored dice. Yes. That's it. Yeah, basically. that's That's the gist of it. Uh, Duke makes it sound a lot more complicated than that. Also, sorry, Zombie Dice is a great game. Uh, if you have the chance to buy Zombie Dice and you haven't played it before, it's like uh, less than $10 at most game stores. And it's, it's super cheap, excellent. it's super fast, it's super easy. Dungeon Dice Monsters is none of those things. Uh, as Duke explains Dungeon Dice Monsters, which of course he doesn't do all at once, right? This comes piecemeal throughout the episode. Uh, but the first thing that happens is... Yeah, far be it from Duke to actually explain the rules of the game to Yugi. He has to learn as he goes. Right, exactly. Well, because, you know, of course, he keeps accusing Yugi of being a, a cheater and a, a swindler. Uh, so, of course, naturally, the way to prove that someone is not a cheater nor a swindler is to challenge them to a game and not explain the rules to them. Exactly. Uh, so the first thing that happens is this, like shelf opens up this drawer opens up uh in the the podium and it reveals a large array of dice uh various six-sided dice with strange symbols on them foreign symbols on them not not foreign like japanese foreign like alien script sort of like this is a symbol that means something i'm sure but i don't really know what they just have Uh, like little logos on them yeah like swords and explosions and uh, arrows uh, one's, there's a one's shield. like a magical looking swirl um but so duke explains that the first thing you have to do is you have to pick uh 15 dice from this dice pool 
Uh, and they're all different colors, all different designs, all this sort of thing. And then you drop the dice into uh, basically a, a robot dice tower, right? Uh, the the yeah. dice automator, which is a hell of a name. I'll the give you dice that. I'll give you that automator. Uh, my favorite transformer. Uh, and uh, the the dice automator then every turn gives you uh, three of the the fifteen dice that you selected, which I. I guess implies that this game can't last longer than five rounds or no, no, no. They go back into the dice automator. Never mind. Um, and then essentially you take those three dice on your turn, you roll them. And just like you said, Jimmy, based on what you roll, you can do different actions in the game. Yep. Uh, and that's yeah. dungeon dice monsters. I mean, basically, right? So, uh, while Duke is explaining that sort of initial thing, Yugi's like, oh man, I, I better learn this game. I don't know anything about this. Like he's thinking to himself, like, I thought I was hot shit, but I'm not. I, what, what, what the hell am I doing? Uh, and, uh, the cheerleaders are cheering for Duke. Joey, who's still in a dog costume, uh, just says woof, which I thought was a great line. Uh, good writing. And uh, at some point he he does talk, but the cheerleaders all stop him by tackling him. Yeah, they they get mad that he's speaking well in his dog costume instead of saying bark or woof. Right. So as we learned of... in the last episode, dogs don't talk, so you can't say ouch. You say woof. Uh, but is this technically a dog pile? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. I'll give that to you. Uh, so Duke and Yugi put their dice, uh, they, they pick out their dice and they put them all in the dice automator. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I can't stop reading your note here about, uh, needing a dice automator for D and D truer words have never been spoken. (laughs) I need, I need a dice automator for sorting out unlucky dice. Yeah. Right. Like, can I have, can I have a robot that tests the balance of all my dice just to make sure that they're like perfect if not favorably weighted some kind of like a uh, medical centrifuge where you put all your dice and it spins them around really fast then like oh this dice has a variance of 0.003 that's no good i like that i like where your head's at i had to shame some dice my last game i felt really bad about it but i rolled three ones in a row and it was not great uh but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, my last uh, D&D game for my other podcast, um, uh, I rolled a bunch of ones, and my DM has a D20 that looks almost exactly like mine, so I'm wondering if at some point we mix them up, and now it's her dice that is like punishing me. Oh, see, now you need to pull off a heist where you switch them back and start... I almost said winning, but that's not really what D&D does. Uh, you need to switch them back and then start rolling again and see if you roll higher, and that's how you know uh, whether you got the real Maltese Falcon. Heart of the dice. Heart of the dice. Uh, oh, which we'll get to, actually. Yeah. Convenient. Uh, so Duke uh, has his turn first uh, because he's Duke, I guess. And he grabs uh, three of the dice from the dice automator. Rule and number one them. is you go first if you invented the game. Sure. I mean, that <laughs> seems reasonable. Yeah, why not? 
uh, he he grabs the dice and he throws them. Uh, and each uh, die he he sort of shows has different symbols on it, or as they're called in this game, crests. And each crest does different things. Uh, to summon things, for example, to summon a monster, two dice have to have matching summoning crests. And they and have summoning to be the is... same color dice because they're different levels of power. Right, exactly. So that's that's the other part here is there's a color uh, and a number. Uh, do the colors and the numbers, are those coordinated? I think so. Are like a blue dice always level four and red dice always level something? Beats uh, me, but that's the vibe I got. But yeah, essentially you have to have a, a match between two dice in order to do really anything, it seems like, in most cases. Uh, so, uh, he rolls the dice and he shows, uh, that he has two matching summoning crests. Uh, so he can summon a monster and he grabs a die and yells, uh, what I'm going to go ahead and say is my worst of the episode because (laughs) I could not get over how much I hated this. Jimmy, you have it in all caps in your notes, so I will let you read it. Duke yells the following words. Dimension the dice! Yep, that happens. Uh, And he he... does so by um, both of these little booths that they're at have like a little grid on it that matches the battlefield. And oh yeah, that's that's what we didn't mention. It's a it's a square grid basically. It's it's a bunch of little squares on a game board. But anyway, go on. So he takes one of the dies and he just kind of puts it on his grid and like presses it into it, and it disappears. And the dice gets uh, dimensioned, which <laughs> uh, appears on the giant battlefield in the corresponding point, and it just kind of rises out of the grid and then like unfolds like paper craft. Yeah, like you're yeah. unfolding the cube of the die, and right. there it turns into this little pathway with a monster inside it. Yeah, it's sort of like a like a Kinder egg. Uh, but giant and terrifying. Uh, it's just got a got a <laughs> That's nice the real monster Kinder surprise. surprise. <laughs> uh, it's a monster, right? And uh, yeah, so he he says uh, the unspeakable phrase, and uh, <laughs> but he... you did it, you did it, you won Easter. Uh, you 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 got all the eggs, and here's your prize. It's Ryukushin, which is just this like zombie looking horrible guy. demon zombie. Uh, and I want to point out before we do the rest of the episode, every yeah. time he summons a monster, he yells, "Dimension the dice!" Every, every single time. Time. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, Duke is nothing if not extra. It's not uh, a verb, but here it is. But <laughs> dimension yeah, those dice. Maybe that's, maybe that's what bothers me about it. Dimension is not a verb. Uh, but that's verbing the dice, nerds language. The dice gets dimensioned, I guess. <laughs> it appears on the battlefield, just as you said. Uh, and Ryukushin appears on uh, Duke's part of the board, to which Yugi goes, The monsters are inside the dice? <laughs> the files are inside the computer? <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple. Uh, and uh, it turns out that the die. Uh, itself is also part of the board so it unfurls like you said to become 
a, a pathway, sort of the, the unfolded sides of the dice become a pathway that the monster can walk along, and the goal is to get a path from your side of the field to your opponent's heart points. Uh, so it forms of, like six connected squares. Mm-hmm. Um, in like a in like a, a cross shape. Well, this one comes out in a cross shape, but others come out in different configurations, and I'm not entirely sure if that's random or if they can choose what shape the squares come out in. That's a good question. Uh, it's also unclear whether the monster is random or if they can choose what monster is in there. Yeah. Not really sure. Uh, but yeah, so so Yugi kind of catches on to this and he realizes, oh, wait, I only have three heart points as opposed to, you know, 2,000 life points like we're used to. Uh, so it, it feels a lot more like, oh, okay, like this is really what it comes down to is you get your path across before your opponent does and that'll win you the game yeah the goal here is to use your dice to like crisscross across the battlefield uh directly into your opponent's side i guess uh, yeah i think you have to get square... right up next to like their heart point like yeah point there, there's one square on the battlefield uh that has like their life points connected to it in like this column and you have to yeah. get your monsters over there so you can attack them right in the life points, heart points. Right. Yeah. Right in the right in the the heart life. <laughs> right uh, in the gonads. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it's Yugi's turn, and rather than playing, uh, he decides to spend some time reminding Duke what happens if Duke loses. Uh, he has to let Joey go and. Take back the dog costume. Which is what they've been talking about for the last 10 minutes. And that's kind of, that's kind of it. He's just kind of, all right, let me re let me reiterate. Let me stall for time here, I guess. Uh, and, uh, Yugi, uh, I lost track of my notes here. Yugi, uh, throws the dice. And he does. He also has an awful catchphrase that they have to do every single time they roll dice, uh, which is yeah. "Go dice roll." I mean, every like, single time. Yeah, like thanks. You know, uh, thanks for letting us know. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay, sorry, I lost my place in my notes for a second. But can you imagine line... if every time you played D anD D, any time you rolled a dice, you had to yell "Go dice roll." You know, let me let me try it. <laughs> How to lose uh, if, friends very quickly. If you want to do this on the next episode of your other podcast, you know, maybe that would just be like a, a trend we can get going. Uh, right before he says th- that other horrible line, how to get Tristan, yourself, how to get yourself kicked out of your own podcast. <laughs> uh, so so Yugi is like reminding Duke what Duke's going to lose if he if he loses. Uh, and Tristan says to Yugi, we're with you, buddy. Long live the king of games. Hell yeah. Sure, that's <laughs> a response to that. Uh, my response was, oh, Tristan, you tried. <laughs> uh, Duke uh, calls Yugi a cheat again, um, which like, yeah, everybody on Duelist Kingdom cheated. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Yugi rolls and he yells the unspeakable phrase uh and he doesn't get any matches 
No, no similar crests or colors or anything. Yugi is shocked so, by this, by the way. He is. He's fully taken aback that there's nothing useful he can do on his first turn playing a game that he's never played before with somebody else's dice. Never blow another man's dice. That's all I gotta say. Uh, and uh, so Duke takes this opportunity to kind of like, you know, explain again. It's another educational moment. He says uh, there are a bunch of different types of crests, which he goes over. He explains. Did you write all these down? I didn't write down all the different crests, but there's a bunch Neither of them. Neither did I. Most there's of like, them don't seem important. Yeah, there's move and then like summon. And I think maybe attack is one. There's magic that we see later. Yeah, there was like a there was another one. There was like a shield. Uh, there was a fire. Uh, there was heart. There was Captain Planet. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't super matter. It's a cool shot. I'll give you that though. There's a there's yeah. a cool little animatic they do with it. They literally did do all this explaining just so they can spend thirty seconds instead of animating the characters. Just use a spinning CG die and have the crests appear around it. Part of me really wants to believe that, like, the only reason this, like, arc exists is because one of the animators made that shot and then showed it to somebody on the next desk over being like, is this anything? (laughs) Yeah, uh, Uh, I don't remember. Is Dungeon Dice Monsters in the the manga or not? Because I'm wondering uh, where Dungeon Dice Monsters came from, if it was the actual... The same guy who came up with dual monsters, or if they were just like shit, we ran, we ran out our entire storyline in we in this arc, and we need like five more episodes. Quick, someone come up with a game that we can use. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up right now, and uh, it is in the manga. Uh, I'm trying to see. It's all, okay. it's also known it's also known as Dragon Dice and Dungeons. <laughs> so really, just uh, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's in Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist seventy-seven DDM. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess you're it's playing the, the new DDM? Uh, yeah, it's, so it's, yeah, it's in the manga. It's when, so Duke Devlin's, uh, name in the manga and the Japanese version of the show is Ryuji Otogi. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that. I I think I did okay. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it is in the 136th chapter of Yu-Gi-Oh! in the Japanese version. So if you get through 136 chapters of the manga, you can get to uh, DDM, also known as DDD in the Japanese version, because it's Dragon Dice and Dungeons. King DDD. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, so, so back to the duel. Because Yugi's dice uh, each only have one crest. Uh, he doesn't or no, get to do me. anything. Yeah, he doesn't get to do anything. Uh Duke explains that, like, yeah, that's because they're all different kinds of crests. And he tells Yugi to look at the dice that he has. And the dice that Yugi has in his hand, the three that he picked out from the dice automator, are higher-level dice. So while they each have a summoning crest, uh, it's a high-level summoning crest, and there's only one uh, on the die. And lower-level dice apparently have multiple summoning crests per die. 
which makes it more likely to summon at lower levels and less likely to summon at higher levels. And Yugi thinks to himself, shit, I thought I was being smart by picking all the high-powered dice. Actually, I'm dumb, uh, and it's going to be unlikely that I'll be able to summon anything for maybe ever. Yeah. So he's done sort of, you know, screwed himself there with the probability. But that's all right. He's still king of games. He he can do this. He got this. Uh, and uh, he... <laughs> Uh, what does he do here? I, I vaguely remember there being like a line, but I didn't write it down. He kind of just passes the turn to Duke in a, a very like, well, I want to say passive way, but that the pun there is just <laughs> bad. I, I don't it. remember. Uh, so it's Duke's turn again. And at this point he reveals a, another sort of quirk about his character that I really feel like we need to address. He holds dice really weird. Yeah, he is, holds dice, uh, he holds up three fingers, or four fingers, and he has, like, a die between each finger, like uh-huh. he's about to do some kind of, like, magic trick or something with them. Yeah, but it's it just like seems he studied super contact juggling for a long time, and then just decided that he was going to make his fortune in six-sided dice. Yeah. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like holding a, a pen between your fingers, but then each of... It's like you're doing... It's like, you know, like, at school... Hold on, let me get some dice. Okay. (laughs) It's like uh, when you have uh, the dry erase markers uh, at school, like at the whiteboard, and you hold three of the markers in your hand and you pretend to be Wolverine. Exactly. It's like that, but just with uh, fucking casino dice. Are you you trying it right now? How does it it feel? Um, Hold on. These are my solid metal dice that I got at PAX at one time. (laughs) So this is going to be some great audio. Uh, Nice. But even just like getting them between my fingers is just super inconvenient. I mean, here they are. Um, Yeah, it just doesn't seem comfortable. It's literally just so he can hold up his hand and like show you all these dice in like a dramatic fashion. Right, yeah, but then, okay, then the next improbable thing that happens is, uh, so you have the dice in your hand. Yeah. Okay, so now, and you may need to find a a decent place to do this, try and throw them like Duke throws his fucking fastball dice. Like, he throws them like he's playing, like, it's like he's shouting ultimate at the park, right? And Uh he just, like, hurls the dice overhand into the air. Something I Uh, noticed here... Um, the little booths that they're at have like a little windscreen around them specifically so you can (laughs) throw your dice as hard as you can and they won't go flying across the room. And I I mean, that's, I appreciate where you're coming from, Tyler, but I literally can't do that with these dice or I will break my computer screen (laughs) and then I will also lose the dice and scatter them all across my room. And it's truly one of the most improbable things about this episode too, because like, I can't even roll dice normally without them falling into like the crack in, in the like table leaves or like falling off the table and underneath something. And I have to like pick up the couch and always oh, trying it. He's throwing it. <laughs> I threw I them at my bed and they wall. still went over the room. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that's the most improbable thing about this episode to me is that he can throw dice in as though he is auditioning for Dennis Quaid's role in The Rookie, and they land perfectly every time. Yeah, they 
they land like perfectly like arranged neatly next to each other. Yeah, which is just it's not that's not That's not no. how that works. No, that's not not at all. Uh but anyway, so he rolls the dice and he gets to summon another monster and he gets to yell the unspeakable phrase again. Uh which is still bad and I hate it. Uh They have these two stupid catchphrases that they have to use literally every time. So we Does did them he a lot. say does he say go dice roll this time? Yes, both of them yell <sighs> go dice roll every time they roll, and both of them yell dimension the dice every time they're able to play a monster. So he does it. Good for him, I guess. And he also, and this is a, a new thing, he also rolled a movement crest, which lets him advance the monster that he has just summoned. Uh, did you write down what this monster is? I didn't catch its name. It's Yoranzo. Ah, Yoranzo. And it's uh, a of zombie course. guy climbing out of a like a treasure chest. Yeah, like a box zombie. Yeah, except it never comes out of the treasure chest. It's just like peeking out and like halfway climbing out of this treasure chest. Yeah, and and, and so he plays the movement die, and what happens is is it lets uh, what is it? How is it spelled? Your Yoranzo. Uh huh. Yeah, Yoranzo. Uh, like your Lorenzo. cool uncle. Your cool Uncle Yoranzo. It's me, uh, Uncle Yoranzo. <laughs> and uh, Mamma so mia, lets... I can't get out of this box. <laughs> he lets uh, Yoranzo move hey, forward. Hey, Tyler, you know how Italians roll dice? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, this is an audio medium that's not going to play. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't describe it. Everyone Listener? knows what I just did. <laughs> You know what you know what he did. Uh so uh <laughs> So Yoranzo That's a spicy dungeon dice a monster. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. <laughs> so Yoranzo uh moves, but Yoranzo is a zombie in a box. So when Yoranzo moves, he just like potato sack races <laughs> it with the box. He scooches forward. Just like it's like me sitting on this chair and having to get across the the entire room this way. And I'm I'm so sad that we don't get more audio from Yoranzo because I really just want that <laughs> that sort of uh, that like good Link Legend of Zelda grunting noise. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that's a thing that happens, and he explains that this is how. He uses the path that the die creates to get his monsters closer to Yugi's heart points. Uh, and he gloats some more about how he's a threat still, which yeah. is fine. Um, oh, and, and he mentions uh, that if, for whatever reason, you don't use a crest on your turn, you can save them for later, uh, which yeah. becomes important. Uh, so uh, Yugi rolls again. Uh no and now Yugi is also holding the dice between his fingers like a total dipshit. Is he really? I didn't yeah. notice that. I must have been too busy writing notes complaining about how Duke holds them weird. <laughs> this entire show is just based around holding card games or dice implements in your hand just to, in a super dramatic fashion. Do you think maybe Yugi thinks that's one of the rules? Is you have to hold them that way? Because he's just oh, learning maybe. this on the fly. That's why he yells all the same things duke rolls he thinks it's a a rule that he has to follow oh shit this is like 
meta hazing from Duke. He's it's not really part of the game and like nobody does it. Like the people who know dungeon dice monsters would never yell something like go dice roll or dimension the dice. <laughs> Dimension's not a verb. <laughs> hey, look what I can get Yugi to do. Every time I roll dice, I'm going to hop like a bunny rabbit. <laughs> this is like like trying to uh like con your younger sibling out of something but be like all right let's uh let's flip for it heads uh i win tails you lose uh yeah so at this point duke says uh maybe you ought to try blowing on them for good luck which is uh just a real weird gross thing for him to say in the way that he says it with his mouth hole uh because i can't stand the words that he is uh and uh yeah so he duke's turn again i mean same song second chorus like he throws the dice like a fucking uh field of dreams flashback scene yeah he does a uh, 360 degree spin to chuck his dice uh as hard as he can at the control surface yeah it's 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 on par with like how ridiculous Angels in the Outfield is. Yes. It's, I was just thinking it's, it's baseball like fastball spin. Right. Yeah, it's it's as if Space Jam had happened while Michael Jordan was still playing baseball. It's it's Bugs Bunny coming up to Michael Jordan and being like, "Here, drink the the magic stretchy juice or whatever." And he spins around and his arm gets super long and then it all whips back around. Uh, and he launches the dice at the tiny little windscreen, uh, and they land perfectly again. Ta da da da! Hooray! Uh, he gets another monster and another movement. Mm-hmm. Yippee for Duke! Uh, yeah, the Duke, cheerleaders. Uh, I think he gets cheer. to s- the monster he brings out is the Thirteenth Grave. No, that's that's next turn. Or is that next? Okay. What, no, thirteenth grave. I wrote down because that that is a badass name. Uh, this monster. Uh, oh, is uh, pardon me. It's a it's an item summon. It's not a oh, monster. Oh, this is the item summon. This is the item summon. This is a a, a chest. Just a straight up like D and D style chest rises up out of the the field, uh, and Yugi is shocked and alarmed and amazed. And what could this be? Uh, but it's. Nothing, and we won't talk about it again for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it literally sits there and nothing else happens to it for the entire rest of the episode. It just appears and then it sits there. So remember this, listeners, for two episodes from now when this becomes relevant again, a chest is there. Uh, And uh, yeah, uh, Yugi rolls again and he gets, hey, here we go, two summoning crests. But as Duke explains... Their levels aren't the same, so it doesn't count. Womp, womp. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Yugi's, Yugi's getting really, really worried at this point. He's getting real scared. Yeah. Uh, he At this it, point, is, uh, Duke is, like, two-thirds of the way across the field with a path he's created. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, he's getting up there, and Yugi has nothing. And, and, you know, he just needs to, he just needs to believe in the heart of the cards. Oh, he just needs wait. to believe in the heart of the dice. Exactly. 
Uh, and it, it becomes revealed that at this point he uh, is like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm struggling is because there aren't cards here. And that's the heart that I believe in is the heart of the cards. Yeah. I need to get used to playing with dice. Huh. In his inner monologue, he says that, um, like, I had written down he just needs to believe in the heart of the dice. But he just, Yugi does actually start thinking about... Uh, how he's just going to believe in the possibility that he can summon the right stuff and it's just going to happen. I mean, he's not wrong is the thing. Uh, so what happens in the next turn is Duke gets uh, level four dice, which are the, the higher level dice again, but he does get a summoning match, which is his uh, fourth summon in a row now. And, uh, oh no, pardon me. This is the item summon according to my notes. So there was a different monster uh, last turn, but it was so unimportant that neither of us remember what it was. And again, listeners, it doesn't matter because this monster does not come up again. Yeah, it's just there. It's just there. I don't think it even has any like stats that are different from any other monster. He just, it's there. It, there it is. Uh, and so, uh, oh no, you know what it is? It is, this monster does come up again. I'm so sorry uh, because I wrote down the name later. This is not Blast Lizard. No, it is Blast Lizard. This is Blast Lizard. Really? That last turn. This turn is the chest. I'm pretty sure last turn was Blast Lizard. Blast Lizard because comes I, later because I have it written down. Ah, fuck. Okay, well, it doesn't matter then. Last turn's monster is gone. It's dead to me. Uh, The chest comes out this turn. Uh, Yugi rolls again. Another miss. Uh, And Duke has the burn of the century uh, that uh, I, you know, I I think if I had heard this at Yugi's age, I would have just died. Like, I would have died instantly. I would have just burnt to a crisp. Duke turns to, to Yugi. And uh, out the, the weird corner of his mouth, he slurs, uh, you know, maybe you should change the, your title from the king of games to the king of lame. Oh, boom, roasted. Insert that gif Super of like hot. the guys falling all over each other in response <laughs> to a sick burn. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Duke does his weird throw again and he gets yet another summon, the 13th grave. 13th grave is easily, easily, without a doubt, the best monster name that we have heard in a while. Yeah. That's so uh, Outside ominous. from straight up Gradius from last episode. Damn. I'd forgotten uh, about fucking Gradius. <laughs> the 13th grave is just... It, it's funny because like you, the name of the card doesn't super match what it is because it's just the skeleton dude holding like claymore. Yeah. Uh, just standing still. Yeah. And it's fine. Like it's, it's fine. Not it's the a good looking card. Looking. It's just a skeleton. Right. But but the imagine thirteenth grave. Yeah. Imagine telling your friends that one of the cards in your deck is called the thirteenth grave. You better like, watch out when I draw the 13th grave. Ugh. Like, I don't want to see that shit. I don't want that played against me. What do the other 12 graves do? <laughs> the 13th grave is yours. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Ebenezer. Ebenezer uh, Scrooge. 
And uh, okay, so so uh, it uh, is close enough now because of all the monsters that have been summoned and the movement that's been done. Uh, the 13th grave is close enough now to, uh, on Duke's next turn, move and attack Yugi's heart points. So Yugi, uh, realizing this, grabs the three dice from the dice automator again, and this time he declares bankruptcy. No, uh, he declares <laughs> that he will believe in the heart of the dice. I was just joking, but he goes for it. He fucking says it is the thing. And uh, he he throws and the dice roll in slow motion. And it's so agonizingly slow. And it's yeah. sort of like... This is the longest to dice fire, roll like, in history. It, you, can almost, you can almost feel the like... And and like the first die lands and he goes, Yeah, it's a summoning crest. Alright. And then a full minute later, the second die Yeah. Lands. And somehow Duke can see what he is rolling from all the way on the other side of the room. It's being broadcast around the world. I wanna know. What restream of this has the best commentators? <laughs> right? Like, you can imagine a, a sort of, like, Joe Rogan-esque character being like, I can't believe it. Yugi's pulling out the dice. He believes in the heart of the dice. Oh, my God. It's a summoning crest. It's another summoning crest. They're the same Welcome level. To our That's unprecedented. Dungeon Dice Monsters uh, reaction video. Right? <laughs> with our with our commentators. And then the, course, there are experts uh, in every single die. And then two years from now, somebody else makes a reaction video of Yugi reacting to the reaction video. Um, but it's 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 so impossibly, unbearably long how long it takes these dice to finally roll. And it's revealed that Yugi has done it. The kid done did the dang thing. Uh, and uh, he rolls... Uh, Three, oh, I, I didn't even put this in my notes. I just, yeah, it, here it is. He rolls two summon crests. And what's the third one? Do we ever find out? Uh, it's a movement. It's a movement. Because he uses okay, it so... uh, to, okay, so first he summons his creature, mm-hmm. the mighty mage. How does Yugi know what it is? Fuck you. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's not certainly going to let us know. Um, Part of the dice. But then he's able to move it a space forward. And the way he places it, um, it's able to turn and attack the 13th grave. It just has like this directional attack that goes a couple of spaces and blows up the 13th grave. Yes. And uh, Yugi then has a line that uh, I would imagine is, is very similar to uh, something you might have said, Jimmy, upon receiving your first Furby. <laughs> Oh, do you, did you? Oh, want you're me not going to say. say it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I have a monster of my own. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a it's a badass line that it's broadcast around the world, and we we cut uh, briefly to the group of yeah, kids. Yeah, there's watching a commercial TV break, outside. and then there's a huge group of people watching outside. Uh, 
there, I want to point out that this is at the entrance to the game shop. It's not like at the side of the game shop. It, these aren't TVs on the wall. The TVs are at the entrance to the game shop, so you have to go around them to get inside. And all mm-hmm. these people are just completely blocking the entrance to the game store, creating yeah. what has to be a terrible fire hazard. Yeah, it's, A, it's a fire hazard, for sure. B, it is doing no favors to the business. No, right? like, it's stopping people from getting inside the game store to buy this game. Right, and you you get in, you you enter the door, and you're standing up against the door in order to watch these screens comfortably. Like, you're not going any, you're not seeing the merchandise. Like, put the TVs just further 15 feet in. Yeah. You know, put them, put them behind the register. Or, like, there's a huge, like, window space next to it. Put the TVs in the window so you can see what's going on inside the game store. Right, but, As a giant again, advertising screen. This is not the crowd of people who would be uh, making judgments against them, No, I this is a game store run by uh, a 15-year-old kid. Yeah, you know, so he's just, eh, they're big TVs. We'll just, uh, we'll just drop them wherever. Uh, so, Tyler, uh, before we get any further, I yeah. do want to point out uh, this random crowd of people is more well drawn than any of the other like crowds of people we've seen before. I want to send you some screenshots of some of the people in this crowd. That is true. We we we're starting to get, and I know for a fact that this is better in season two. the The crowd shots are more detailed. I think they get like a specific crowd artist. And what is this screenshot you've just sent me? This is like a, this is blurry. It's, is this, yeah, is it's this... panning throughout this crowd shot, so it's kind of blurry. But uh-huh. and the, in addition yeah. to all these like preteen kids watching this, there's this like 85-year-old Asian man who I'm almost certain I've seen before. Not just, just not in the... Like in real uh, life? Yeah, like, like in real life. This is a very you, old you man who man? has to be someone's... Like one of the animators' grandpa, the super right. big-lipped old man, and there's also this guy who looks I, like okay. No, hey, sorry. Before we move on, I'm mesmerized by the old man's forehead wrinkles. <laughs> uh, because if if you if you start as I did at the top of the head and just sort of move your way down as though you're loading a GIF circa 1998 or loading a, a, a JPEG, uh. It looks like this is a man who is actually being controlled by an alien that lives in his forehead. And I can, its I see eyes it and mouth rest above his eyes and mouth. It looks like a little angry face, uh, like a cartoon. It's, it's very upset that Yugi has a monster of his own. Uh, but okay, what is this other one that you've sent me? Uh, this other this guy. Other one, Looks like he just got out of the chemo ward at a hospital. And is, oh, no. Yeah. He, he looks like he's about to like, die from malnutrition. You know, okay, you know who this is? I bet you this is Bones's uh, either father or like cool older brother. Oh, my God. I bet it is. It does look like Bones. Because he's also wearing uh, like hip as hell, blue and pink. Like '90s ass bandana. This is extremely it's like '90s triangles. It's it's very much uh, somebody on their way, like from the gym to their job as an orderly at an old folks' home. Uh, and and uh, yeah, no, I'm into it. I'm into it. But I, 
my my read on this is definitely a relative of bones no one no one in this world is that gaunt without being related to bones <laughs> in some way yeah he, uh, his bandana does look like the inside of a 90s taco bell <laughs> yes that's what it is that's what it is yes ah oh, it's those my favorite pink aesthetic. triangles yes ah oh, we need more pink triangles in the world jimmy uh vaporwave <laughs> Look it up. And no, I oh, tr- tr- do you know me? But at all, sir, I make a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. Uh oh, that actually gives me some really good inspiration for the next season's album art. Huh? Gonna make a note of that. Uh, so, uh, the the TV shot really doesn't serve any like purpose other than I guess showing off the new like background character artist. Uh, which is good, like you said, like it's a well-drawn shot. But we cut back to the dueling arena, uh, and well, one more thing, uh, they're completely yeah. in awe of Yugi rolling two dice and getting a good oh, result for once. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> There's someone in the crowd who says he brought out that level four monster, like he's been playing dungeon dice monsters for years. But like I that's love... not that's not that's, that doesn't take any skill. He just rolled some dice, and two of them happened to come up on the same thing. Right, and it's so clear that this kid like just showed up. Like he he's like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" And his friend had to explain it to him. And then this is the first turn that he sees, and not the previous five turns where Yugi has rolled and nothing has happened. <laughs> just done nothing. But this is definitely like some six year old kid whose like mind is blown. Wow, he brought yeah. out a level four dungeon dice monster. Wow, he rolled the dice good with skill. He's he's a skilled roll uh, rollist. This is almost uh, as bad as Beyblade, just in uh, concept. Uh, 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 whoa, um. <laughs> no, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, and uh, he spun that so, top good. You know what? <laughs> they put their heart and soul into those tops, Jimmy. They're bays. <laughs> Bay caught me slipping. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, they we cut back to the dueling arena, and this is one of my favorite scenes. Actually, is is Tristan and Taya just sort of standing there and talking to each other, and very sort of calmly and like almost mathematically looking at the board, talking to each other, and without shouting it to Yugi, figuring out what Yugi's odds are of winning. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, okay, Duke has. What is it now? Six monsters out, five monsters out. Something wrong. Yugi lines. has one, which is great, but also three of Duke's monsters are within range of Yugi's life points. Yugi has three, or heart points, pardon me. Yugi has three heart points, and uh, the, all he can do now is defend, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has to roll perfectly from here on out, and maybe he'll be able to win. So. I guess it's not looking good for old old Yugi boy here. Like, and they and they do all of this just completely between the two of them, which is so unlike any peanut gallery scene that we get. Which I just I just think is really great. Yeah, finally they're just like talking to each other and not yelling at Yugi. Like right, yeah. Because they can have a normal conversation in which Tristan is not a complete creep. (laughs) 
so this is apparently the first time that I noticed how Duke held dice. <laughs> I think I noticed here and then just retroactively my mind exploded realizing, oh, he's been doing that the whole time. Uh, but he rolls the dice again and he gets another summon and uh, we get another really good shot of that thing that you mentioned, Jimmy, of him sort of pushing the die into the the thing to dimensionalize. Yeah, dimension, it doesn't seem to be like going into like a little hole or anything. It just kind of gets absorbed by the field, which is weird. Yeah, it kind of just like, where do they go? You know, it's like uh, it's like bowling pins, a bowling alley. Yeah. Where do they take them? Uh, dimensionize and- me, Captain. Lauren literally just whispered that like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so, so so Duke summons a monster and uh, it has a special attack, yeah. quote unquote. This thing that he brings out is called Blast Lizard. Uh, this is it. Okay, yes, thank you. And it looks like uh, Fin Fang Foom, the dragon alien guy from like old Marvel comics just sitting there holding some bombs, like cartoon black bombs with fuses hanging out the top. And he's just like, yeah, yeah I'm going to get you with these bombs. It also looks a lot like, and uh, Garrett is going to kill me for not remembering this character's name, but you know the alligator character in Sonic now? Oh, uh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a there's a, there's a a croc in Sonic now. It looks like that guy, just sort of a big, just sort of a, a beefy bit. alligator son. Yeah. Holding some bombs. Big, big croc lad. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so he pull he, he pulls out that old chestnut and, uh, says sort of to himself, like, this has a special attack, uh, yeah, everything which is, he says here sounds like the marketing, like copy on the back of the, like a toy box, like an action figure. Oh, like you get yeah, an no, action right. figure of this blast lizard and you turn around and the box says blast lizard has a special attack that packs a surprising punch. And I was wondering why he would say it like that, but I realized it, this is marketing. He's saying it to the global audience that he's trying to sell his game to. Oh, you're right. Yeah, and this is a new enough game, I guess. Huh. I. Okay, sorry. Brief tangent here. This is marketing for his game. How many other places have a Dungeon Dice Monsters arena? I think this is the only one because as we get into in just a couple minutes, uh, this is the first time anyone's heard of this game, really. Yeah. And like a big part of this game is that dice unfold into two-dimensional space. How do you do that without a holographic arena? Can you play this game analog? I don't know. I, I suppose you could do it with so. like a grid paper or something. Like special That's a grid lot of paper. paper. That would be an awful lot of work. And bad to roll. Yeah, that'd be bad. Oh man, is he is he buying a or selling a game with built-in DRM? Like <laughs> is this well, okay, I guess. I mean, to be fair, this is like the first iteration of uh, fucking uh, what's the Yu-Gi-Oh game called that I can't Duel remember Monsters. now. Even though, not Dual Monsters, but the the for the iPhone. Oh, uh, Dual Links. Dual Links. Dual Links. There it is. <laughs> uh, this is like it's he's selling a, a an online card game. 
Yeah, that you can't play without this like hundred thousand dollar holographic arena. I guess. And the physical dice that I happen to to sell for you know five bucks a pop, but you can't use them unless you have unless you're here in my my game store. Right. Uh, Renting out my arena. So that's just a thing that I just thought of. Uh, but yeah, so he reveals Blast Lizard and Blast Lizard's special move. And Yugi's like, oh, that's convenient that you're just now remembering to mention that some monsters have special moves. Huh. Interesting that. Uh, Yugi, though, gets another summon uh, on his next turn. He uh, summons Wing Dragon, Guardian of the Fortress, uh, which is a much longer name than this monster needs. I think we've seen it before, haven't we? We have. I'm just reiterating my feelings about that name. I mean, yes. It's unnecessary. Give it one or the other. One or the other. Wing Dragon or Guardian of the Fortress. It's fine. No need to hog all the names, Wing Dragon, Guardian of the Fortress. Some monsters need the names. Uh, I like your note here, still complaining about how Duke holds his dice, which is fair. Yeah, you know, it's at a certain point, and just to for the listeners, my note here is fully just all caps. Duke, stop holding dice like that. So I'm worried at this point he's gonna hurt himself. Right? He's gonna he's gonna I don't know. He's gonna get little dice blisters on his fingies. He's gonna get dice carpal tunnel. I mean, maybe if he keeps throwing it like that, like I'm a little a little worried, frankly. Uh, he'll he'll put an eye out. Um. So Duke rolls again. Um, oh, sorry. No, you had a, a note here that I wanted to talk about too about Yugi uh, as he summons Winged Guardian, uh, Winged Dragon, <laughs> Winged Long Dragon. Name Dragon. Uh, yeah, that one. Um. So this whole duel has been uh, Pharaoh in the body right now, uh, but his inner monologue yes. is Yugi. Have you noticed oh, that? Yeah. So when he speaks out loud, his voice and appearance is that of Yami Yugi. But right. in his head, he's little Yugi. Oh, yeah. No, I guess it is, huh? So does that... Hmm. So does that mean that it's little Yugi making the decisions right now and he's just gaining the benefits of being a little bit taller? Wish he was a Bar- baller? <laughs> uh yeah what I don't is know. it it's still hmm. pretty vague um except for that one very specific circumstances where they were swapping their minds in and out against pegasus uh uh it's not entirely clear who's controlling what is yugi just yeah. backseat dicing <laughs> backseat roller uh yeah huh I don't know. Anyway, just something I, weird I noticed. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter either way because, like, if Pharaoh is the one making decisions, he doesn't have experience with this game either. So, like, yeah. presumably his uh, 5,000 years of dual monsters knowledge would be no help here. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's an interesting thing. But we never hear them talking uh, to each other, which is interesting. We Wait, we do or we don't? We don't. We don't. No, yeah, I guess not. And in... Basically, any duel previous, they've talked to each other. So maybe this is like Yugi sort of Bruce Banner, Incredible Hulk, like figuring out how to control his monster form. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
Are we getting are we getting Professor Hulk here? Uh, but so Duke rolls again. Imagine if he did uh, when he does the transformation, his clothes didn't change, so he does Hulk out. And like he grows like a couple sizes too taller, and then his mom or grandpa is like, "Damn it! I just bought you new clothes. How did you go through another growth spurt that quickly?" No, 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 because it's not that drastic. I think it's. I think it would actually improve the show because we would get Yami Yugi with a bare midriff because his shirt's <laughs> too short. He would just be. He'd be crop top Yugi. Uh huh. And like capris Yugi. <laughs> that that would fit with a time period. He looked like he would. He would be in a boy band. It would. It, I mean, he already looks like he's in a boy. I band. mean, yeah. Let's be honest with the gray vest and the shirt. Yeah. Uh, Duke rolls again, uh, and he uh, gets. What does he get? Oh, pardon me. Uh, he he rolls again. He doesn't get any matches, but he does get magical crests. Yeah, he gets um, two matching magic uh, point doohickeys. Right. Uh, which means that he now has four magic crests stored up because he had uh, two from previous rolls stored up. And this is what activates Blast Lizard's secret special attack, which is, can you guess, blast-related. It literally just... The Blast Lizard hurls a bomb at the Winged Dragon Guardian of the Forest... Uh, a lot of people forget the Guardian of the Forest. I think that's important. Uh, and uh, Winged Dragon, Guardian of the Forest, uh, dies Fortress. because, oh my god, I've been saying forest this whole time. Winged Dragon, Guardian of the Fortress. It's his title. Uh, beloved, beloved, uh, father and husband, Winged Dragon, I am Guardian mother, of the Fortress. <laughs> mother of Winged Dragon, Guardian of the Fortress. First of his name. <laughs> Uh, sadly, uh, succumbs to his one weakness, bombs, uh, which is bombs. <laughs> uh, who would have known? Who would have thought? Uh, it's like, but it's, it's his Achilles' heel. His one weakness is getting hit in the face by explosives. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's a weakness that he shares with most things. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, Wing Dragon, Guardian of the Fortress, uh dissolves into nothingness and goes away. I'm not entirely sure how this was any better than just like a regular attack. I guess it can do it from a ways away. Genuinely no, no real clue. Uh, My guess is, yeah, you're right. It has something to do with range. uh, But the dialogue here doesn't give us any indication of like why this is special in the slightest. No, it just Uh, uses four magic points. Just do an attack, which seems like a lot, but yeah, it's it's also worth pointing out that like these monsters do have attack and defense points like dual monsters, but it's like ten. Yeah, they. I think have... I think every monster on the board has like ten and ten. What's interesting is they have three values. The little box that shows up. Uh, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. there's like ten, ten, and then sometimes there's a third value that's different. Yes, and it's not entirely clear what that one is. I thought that that was the special attack value, but after seeing this, I'm not so sure because I'm pretty sure that Blast Lizard's special attack value was like two. So, who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's range. <laughs> it can range. fire 250 squares. <laughs> uh, Blast Lizard anyway. uses his attack in like 10 feet behind Yugi. 
uh, Teo just gets hit in the face. (laughs) (laughs) No, Duke would never do that. He would just make Taya uh, one of his cheerleaders as he intimates actually right around now. (laughs) Yeah, he calls her a cheerleader in waiting, which is kind of... Which is just... Ugh. Just gross. Yes, I'm going to make you a member of my harem. You have to after I win this game. Is that like, is he secretly thinking, damn it, I should have bet that in the game too? Like, Instead of making your friend look like a dog? Right. Let's just add your, the let's, let's collect Yugi's friends. <laughs> uh, which would be actually a pretty good gotcha game. It's like a like a phone game where gotcha you, you pull a little lever and you get a, a random Yugi friend. Uh, you'd only be able to play it like three or four times, but it'd be entertaining. Uh, so uh, Yugi rolls again and gets nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Uh, Duke gets a level three summon on his next turn, which is uh, the second coolest name so far. <laughs> Dark Assailant. That sounds like a uh, like a police report. Ooh, like a like an unfortunately racist police report. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, the, just the the term assailant is not something you hear except in like news report when someone gets mugged. Yeah, it's it's a surprisingly passive word too, compared compared to other like Yu Gi Oh cards. Like we just got done talking about blast lizard. Yeah, and like winged dragon, guardian of the fortress. This is like somebody in a hoodie who comes up and like like purposefully bumps into you yeah he he like punches you in the face and takes your wallet right which yeah okay look out sure it's a dark assailant which is compared that to summon skull right yeah which one would you rather have in a dark alley uh I'll, i'll take dark assailant every time uh duke uses his crest pool uh which it does i can't hear I can't hear crest pool during this episode without thinking of like now with extra whitening. Oh, like the, the toothpaste. Yeah. Like the toothpaste. Uh, but that's what it's called apparently is the crest pool, the saved crests from dice that he has rolled previously. Uh, he uses it to move blast lizard. Crest and, pool. Now ah, with a splash of fluoride. Here it is. I did write it down. The name of the missing monster. Do you know what the monster's name is that we couldn't remember earlier? I have found it. It is bad. It's a bad name. <laughs> oh, I, I, I see it now. Yes, it's right here. The monster's name, the reason why we couldn't remember it earlier, is its name. It's stupid. No, well, it's not, it's not named stupid. It, it, that would be a better name. Its name is Gator Dragon. <laughs> it's a dragon, but he's also a gator. He's a gator, but he's also a dragon. Yeah, you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. Uh, you know, okay. Watch fine, out fine. when you go to Florida for the gator dragons. They're all <laughs> over the place in the golf course. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, points for, you know, two great tastes that taste great together. Gator, dragon, I get it. It's all sort of scaly. Uh, is it a... Is it a gator who is a scaly and shows that by dressing as a dragon? Or is it a dragon who's a scaly and shows that by dressing as a gator? The world may never know. Uh, But it is moved, along with Blast Lizard, within striking distance of Yugi's heart points. And it is at this moment that Duke lets slip uh, that 
the reason that he wants this win so badly is that he thinks that everyone should know how good he is at this game that he invented. To which Yugi goes, whoa, 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 what? You're the creator of the game? Yeah, we've known this the whole time. I'm not entirely sure why Yugi is surprised here. Right. But somehow, this is the first time that he has realized that the reason why Duke has been so gung-ho about playing this goddamn game is because he made it. It is his game that he designed. And Yugi steps back, and he gives Duke the the reverence that I think every game designer, I mean, probably deserves, honestly. The game industry is horrible and broken. Uh, but he looks upon Duke as though he has glimpsed the face of God. <laughs> you created a game? How, how dare you uh, mess with the laws of science and ludology? Well, you know what just occurred to me thinking about this? The only other game Yami Yugi knows is based on ancient magical fights that happened 5,000 years ago. It has this vast and storied history before being honed into what we see it now. This titanic battle of supernatural creatures. And this guy is saying that he created a new game. What the hell does he know? What eldritch knowledge is Duke Devlin privy to that allows him to create a game? Yep. I think, yeah, that's that I think is maybe it, because for all Yami knows, and for, I mean, probably all Yugi knows, the only way to make a game is to start by making, you know, just a few blood sacrifices, uh, and then you wait 5,000 years. So maybe what Yugi is saying uh, is is you know one thing he's saying like oh wow you designed it like that's that takes like a brilliant mind. What Yugi is thinking is is this a vampire? Yeah, is this guy like the one the new public face of this ancient death cult that has existed for millennia and is now right. bringing their plans to fruition? And the answer ah, is, this is no. The Mesopotamian death cult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the answer is no. It's just dice. Right. But now we get to see uh, Duke's motivations for making everyone know that he's super good at this game he invented. Yes. Well, now we get to the one actually good part of the episode. Yeah, now we get to some exposition, but it is very silly to me that he wants everyone to know that he's good at this game I invented. Like, that's important. Or notable, because like I mean, right now I can invent a game. It's called the game is called Tyler. Jimmy wins. Do you know what the rule is? How do you play? I win. That's the one rule. Are you ready? Oh, let's go! Wow. Hey, look, okay, I yes, won. let's play. Ah, <laughs> you're so good at this. I demand that you acknowledge how great I am for winning at this game I just created, Tyler. I I am I am physically bowing to you. I am not worthy to be in the presence of a game designer. So we need to broadcast ancient is your tradition. We need to broadcast Jimmy wins all around the world so people know. But all right, I'll get on that. First, let's uh, get into Duke's uh, exposition bomb. 
Yeah, he he goes into this lengthy diatribe here that's mostly in flashback form. But I'll I'll let you explain this. I, I actually prefer your, your notes reading over this. I think you did a much better job writing down what happens here. Yeah, Duke uh, states that he is a game designer like Pegasus, who was his idol basically, and he wanted to be like Pegasus and uh, be this like super famous uh, figure. Uh, that he, he just aspires to be a game designer of world renown. And so he spent years working in his 90s Mac OS that we see um, creating dungeon dice monsters. He spent his whole life building the game, and then he emailed Pegasus, uh, uh, asking him to like look at it and uh, maybe, you know, have suggestions or even like create a partnership so he can like mass produce it because as we all know pegasus is is the only person in the world who can publish a game (laughs) apparently right i mean apparently right like that's just that's what we know of this world yeah um and so he didn't hear back from pegasus for a while but then one day he walked into his room and flashing on his uh desktop is um the funny bunny character like jumping up and down the return of funny bunny jumping up and down on his desktop saying you have email devlin boy yeah it says email for devlin boy email for devlin boy which i feel like creepy yeah i feel like there's a lot to unpack here did pegasus also write the computer os did he is he steve jobs in this world and also invented computers i mean or did the the system, uh, whoever made this uh, operating system, licensed Funny Bunny as its mascot. Or, <laughs> option three, did Pegasus uh-huh. ride a virus in the last two days? Uh-huh. Specifically, so when you get an email from him, it shows Funny Bunny jumping out of your email program telling you that you've got an email in oh. his voice. See, okay, see, the problem with this is I like all three options. <laughs> I want I want an alternate universe where each of those happened. Uh, but it's I not important. In my head, it's a two-second clip. No, not at all. I think in my head, I, I pictured it as uh, the scene from another one of my favorite movies, Hackers. Uh, and uh, there's a scene where, you know, Hackers is about this kid who was like a super cool hacker. And he was banned from using computers until because he, he hacked turned 18. Because he hacked too good. So he, he was banned from using computers for like eight years, right? And because he, yeah, he hacked, he hacked him too, too, too bad. Uh, and he, he gets back on and he realizes, uh, oh, I can't use my old handle anymore because that username belongs to a criminal. Uh, and I have to come up with a new username for myself. So he <laughs> the FBI his will never as, get around this mind game. Bingo. Uh, he writes down his username as zero cool. And he hacks oh the God. chat system so that the words zero cool are on fire. Because that's how you know that he's a cool dude. You can just hack a computer. You can just do anything. This is right. common 90s knowledge. Yeah, just exactly. I think, hack the mainframe. I think this is a thing. You can send this satellites a... down onto your opponent's company's hack buildings. Hack the planet. That, exactly, exactly. Just hack it. This this universe exists in, I think, an idealized version of the 90s where anyone can hack anything. And I really miss that world. <laughs> like, think about it this way. Pegasus, of course Pegasus can hack somebody else's email. P- 
Pegasus hacked a man's soul via a VHS tape. That's true. He made a grandpa hacking tape. <laughs> Co- computer grandpa code. Oh computer. my god, they're in the Matrix. And computer difference. code is the underlying fabric of reality. Lauren has pointed out that I said not that difference. <laughs> Thank you. Love you too. The point is, yeah. the, the whole point of this whole spiel is that he got an email back from Pegasus uh, inviting him to Duelist Kingdom, Chateau Pegasus, yes. to discuss it further. And so he got picked up in Pegasus's private helicopter, went to uh, Duelist Kingdom. Uh, they played Dungeon Dice Monsters, and amazingly, Pegasus won. We know this is because Pegasus was cheating with his magical mind control and reading powers. But Duke is like, wow, my idol is just as smart and clever as I'd thought. And um, so Pegasus is like, sure, uh, let's be partners. I'll publish your game first. um, We'll write up that contract. But first I have this thing going on. I'm throwing this whole uh, dualist uh, tournament. Uh, But after that, I'll get back to you. I can just picture that explanation. uh, uh, Yes, Dookie boy. uh, I will... Uh, have my man Croquet write up the contracts, but first I'm inviting, uh, well, several thousand twelve-year-olds to my private island. Uh, once that's done, I'll be quite at your disposal, Devlin Moy. Once I've killed off, I mean finished with, I mean consumed, I mean <laughs> Harvested once the, the children have had their fun. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. so, uh, yeah, uh, Duke has been spending all this time waiting for Pegasus to email him back. But since Yugi beat Pegasus, Duke hasn't heard back from him. Therefore, Yugi must have cheated to beat Pegasus, who is perfect and can do no wrong. And it's his fault that he broke Pegasus's spirit, and that's why he is not emailing him back. And that's why he can't get the recognition he deserves and get his game published on an international level because Yugi cheated at games. Duke's entire motivation for fighting Yugi is based around Pegasus not answering his emails fast enough, which is the nightmare of every millennial. I mean... I mean, kind of, like... Okay, now here's the question. Does Pegasus have read receipts turn on? <laughs> Is Pegasus leaving him on red? Because, like, if so, Duke's... I mean, that's justified, man. I get it. I've <laughs> been there. Uh, no, I, I, know, I know that feel, bro. Uh, I mean, we all know that Pegasus isn't emailing him back because he had his eyeball ripped out of him. Yes, that is the thing. Like, Duke is taking a lot of logical leaps here, being like, oh, this brilliant game designer who i i love and admire and uh knows my game better than anyone except for me uh who's going to make me famous the world over and all these things this this uh international magnate ceo celebrity uh celebrity who's known the world over and has affected the world in so many ways uh isn't emailing me back because he lost a card game for children to a child like in a tournament specifically designed so people could duel him right like mm, i don't know that that would be the reason he's not emailing you back bud like maybe he doesn't like you 
maybe he just wants to be friends. Maybe he's a CEO and receives hundreds and thousands of emails every day. Yes, And exactly. he has other things that he needs to work on, and he'll get to you if you just hold, hold tight for like five seconds. And it's also been maybe two days. <laughs> That's true. We're not entirely sure how long it's been since the end of the tournament. Right. The start the the tournament as a whole, if we're being generous, took four days, five days. Yeah. It we'll took say five spring days. break. Spring break. Uh all day Saturday was the Wrath of Rebecca. All day Sunday was uh Kaiba Quest sixty four. Monday is now is is today yeah right because they just went back to school right it's the same so like dude it's fine it's been a week you don't know his life maybe he just got his eye ripped out it's maybe he's re-grieving the death of his wife it's it's gonna be okay but yeah yugi must have cheated to beat pegasus and now Duke is going to embarrass him by winning at a game he invented that Yugi does not know the rules to. That'll show him. That'll show him. That'll teach him not to cheat. <laughs> uh, so my, my favorite part here is at the end, he's like exclaiming all of this, right? Yeah. Duke is like shouting at Yugi that how dare he cheat to beat Pegasus. And now he's going to show the world that Yugi is nothing but uh, cheating slime and, and filth and villainy. Uh, and Yugi replies, I've never <laughs> cheated at anything in my entire life. I just happened. Of course, he leaves out the part where he also says, and the 5,000-year pharaoh guiding my every move agrees. Yeah, I just happen to have another soul in here with me who knows like everything that's going on and gives me supernatural abilities. It's not cheating, though. But, you know, other than that, <laughs> never cheated. Not once. Mind shuffle? Never heard of it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so then he throws the dice and like an angry response and he gets a level three summon uh which is maybe just one of the worst the worst names uh also i think already taken uh thunderball yeah yugi summons a uh vhs copy of the james bond film thunderball uh which comes Mm. out onto the field but no it's just like a little cannonball and then like Uh little holes open in it and little robot arms and legs pop out it's kind of cute, actually. Kinda I'm cute. into it. It's... I don't know why it's called Thunderball. Thunderball. Uh, and uh, Duke tells Yugi, like, ah, ah, that kind of sucks. Thunderball's kind of a shitty card. Yeah, oh, it's a, sorry, bud. It's a level three card, but it's still garbage. Even though it has the same stats as every other card? I don't understand. But, but Duke then says to himself in an internal monologue, ah, it does have a special attack, though. But... Yugi's never going to find out about that. Mwahaha. Yeah. Because he's just never going to tell Yugi about that rule. Uh, and uh, yeah, then Duke rolls again and gets to advance Blast Lizard and Gator Dragon to Yugi's heart points. Gator, Everyone... Gator Dragon crawls out of the swamp and onto the golf course right next <laughs> to Yugi's golf ball. Oh, it's on the green. <laughs> You'd better get a big uh, broom to push him away. Oh, no, his broom is on fire. <laughs> Uh, 
So uh, the, the, the movement happens and then we take some time to cut to every person on the planet telling Yugi, hey, Yugi, be careful. Gator Dragon and Blast Lizard are within range of your heart points. <laughs> Literally every person who has appeared on the show thus far says those words. It's like uh, a spirit bomb where everyone on the planet helps by just telling Yugi that these creatures are near his attack, his heart points. <laughs> they all clap and say they do believe in fairies. It's I mean, it, like... I would not have been surprised if there were a shot of grandpa here and like Rebecca and Mako Tsunami yeah. and like Rex under uh, Rex uh, 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 Raptor. Jesus. They're all at I home said watching their watching this happen on TV. And it's just like the end of elf where they have to believe in, uh, in Santa to give him powers. I, they okay, all have to I, believe I, in the heart of the dice. You joke, Jimmy, but knowing this show, there is a thousand percent going to be a scene like that down the road. The, nothing right? like, would that's surprise where this is me going. more or less. That's where, that's, there's going to be a televised uh, uh, duel, and whoever's dueling isn't going to have enough of the heart of the cards in them to draw the... Uh, Exodia. Whatever you... Just yeah, sure, it. fine. Exodia 2.0. Exodia right. 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I mean, I Obliterate fucking Boogaloo. where's the lie? <laughs> uh, and and the, the folks at home, uh, in between commercial breaks, are going to have to chant uh, the duelist's name or something, and that's going to give their hearts of the cards to that duelist so that they can win and save the world from something the real heart of the right? cards like, is that's the friends we is made heading. along the way <laughs> i just wish they'd been better friends <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah gator dragon uh gets him right in the heart points and he's down oh, by right, one. In, right in my heart points, oh, my oh. heart points. <laughs> you haven't written as gator dragoon which is honestly a much better name oh i did yeah i like that better gator dragoon sounds like a ps1 game Gator Dragon. Uh, but yeah, Gator Dragon attacks Yugi directly. Yugi loses. I was worried about this. I because I didn't I didn't know how like attack points correlated to heart points lost. He just loses one. Yeah. One out of three. It doesn't matter He's got two how left. much you get attacked with, you just lose a heart point. Right. Uh the cheerleaders cheer, they're they're shouting Duke's name, they're doing the rah rah shish boom ba sort of arm movements. Uh, Yugi or not Yugi? Tristan has uh, a Joey. great line here. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, he's talking to Taya, and he says, "Yug's heart points—they're in range." <laughs> yes, Tristan. Thank you. If only we hadn't just gotten shots of five other people saying those words, that would have been useful. Uh, but here we are. Uh, and uh, Joey continues to fight with the cheerleaders. He's like trying to get them to stop cheering and they tackle him again. Uh, Duke is finally helpful in this moment and he does some basic arithmetic for Yugi. He points out that Yugi has lost one heart point out of his three heart points. Thanks, Duke. So now he has two heart points. Ah, ah, ah. To which Yugi responds... 
this is bad. <laughs> uh, which, like, I mean, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. it is. It is bad. Yeah, that's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not good. Uh, and then the episode ends on a freeze frame of it's very similar to one of the free frames that we got during the uh the match of the millennium yeah uh between yugi and pegasus and it's duke with like crazy eyes and he's very intense and he's like waving dice around yeah mystically it's one of those classic Uh, anime tropes where the protagonist is very small in the foreground and like getting blasted backwards by sheer force of will from the antagonist who is like, behold my power. And Duke is just has like clouds of dice like flying around him. Behold my dice. To be continued. Truly an awesome power. <laughs> he can roll uh, dice. Yeah. And that's the episode. That's it. That's uh... to be continued. That's the whole episode. Uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? Gosh, I feel like my favorite part of the episode was just the concept of a new game being in this world and how like yeah. groundbreaking that is. Yeah. I, this upstart it, new game challenging the might of dual monsters is so great that it's being like broadcasted on TV. There's new... Uh, automation like happening to let it be let people actually play the damn thing with their holographic arenas um and then we get to see uh what isn't a duel but is uh, a new game entirely well not entirely but you know what i mean yeah it's, yeah it's a it's, it's a, a breath of fresh air right yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, you know, because in this world, like, we've joked a bunch, like, oh, yeah, they've only got one game in this world. But, like, this episode kind of proves that. Like, it's a huge deal that there's a new game all of a sudden. And you get that sense from the episode of, like, these people huddled around TVs going, like, oh, yeah, I, I you know, read about this in a magazine or, like, I, I know the rules somehow even though i'm a six-year-old yeah uh and like you get that sort of uh like community almost like you get that sense of people coming together because they want to learn this new game because a new game has maybe never existed (laughs) (laughs) like for all we know this has been the only game for five thousand years we see all these people in the audience ranging from like toddler age children to like a 90-year-old man who's like, I want to see this new game as well. A new game. What a time to be alive. I mean, truly, yeah. what a time to be alive. <laughs> Finally, a new game in Yu-Gi-Oh! It, it does make me wonder what kind of like apocalyptic world they're living in where like, hopscotch doesn't exist, tic-tac-toe, word, like does wordplay exist is that sort of a game do puzzles exist no i guess puzzles exist yeah what else does grandpa have in his shop what else does anyone have in their game shops uh grandpa has those scale gundam models oh yeah the two games model building and dual monsters right and it makes me wonder like how fun is something allowed to be before it's called a game and then instantly banned yeah i'm wondering if there's like 
other games in existence, but they're just so boring that no one actually has them. Which is really the Ooh. no one actually plays them like for real. Right. So it's so it's like there's dual monsters and there's Monopoly. Exactly. That's the exact uh, example I was going to go for too. Monopoly is so famous, but when was the last time anyone's actually played Monopoly? There's so many better games out there. Y- yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Monopoly. No, I'm not sorry. I'm, I, I was about to like launch into an apology there. No, Monopoly's just a bad game. I'm, I, yeah, not sorry about it. Um, now I want to see a Monopoly yeah. anime. Oh, that's that's gonna be easily Googleable, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's it's so funny to me because like we get this whole four episode arc and as far as I know, I don't think we come back to Dungeon Dice Monsters for like most, if not all of the next season. This is probably all we get for a bit. I'd be surprised if we saw it again. Uh, okay, so so an anime about Monopoly did not show up in my, my search here. However, I did get Sailor Moon Monopoly, which is a special edition Monopoly game with Sailor Moon. Uh, I think you just get the characters instead of the properties, which makes it feel bad and worse. There's a lot of different versions of Monopoly. Uh, they're just milking that cow bone dry. There's yep. Attack on Titan Monopoly, Dragon Ball Z Monopoly. Oh, here we go. If Monopoly was anime, uh, it's uh, uploaded by... Uh, okay, so their username is, I think, pronounced Deadman42, but all the A's are 4's. Uh, and they say, thanks for watching. Leave a like if you enjoyed, smiley face. This might be the cringiest thing I have ever posted, but dot, 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 and then it trails off, and I'm scared to click on it. Yeah, So it's, I will not. Uh, I was hoping that someone would have actually like gone and animated something that's like a, a Monopoly anime, but uh, yeah. there is anyway. uh, the very good If Uno was an anime that we, I think that we've talked about That is definitely worth before. watching. Yes, that is absolutely worth watching. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's nice to see uh, a new game in this world, even though it's almost the same as Dual Monsters. You're still yes, bringing out absolutely. Dual Monsters, specifically. Dungeon Dice Monsters is like a mod of Dual Monsters. It is, it is, yeah. And it's, well, okay, so like your favorite kind of uh goes in with my favorite pretty well my favorite was just that we get pegasus again in this episode yeah. like it's nice to i see genuinely him again. missed pegasus and it's nice to see him again i also really enjoy that pegasus is like we get a different perspective of pegasus through duke and we see him as not a villain but a like game designer and a publisher yeah where oh he is he is actually a respected figure in the community and his influence would mean a lot to like the progression and popularity of Duke's game. And Duke is like coming to him as a like a mentor figure almost. And like that side of Pegasus is not something that we, I think, ever see again. Yeah, we've only seen him as this like crazed maniac, essentially. 
But here we see him right. like responding to a fan and personally inviting him to come Hacking to his, his email. Yeah, to come to his house in his own private helicopter to hear him out on his game design, to play against this random kid who invented a game, and uh, help publish his game. And that's really cool. And he's like willing to do all this stuff. And uh, yeah, it's good to see Pegasus. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, yeah, you see him. You see him as like good guy Pegasus. Yeah, right. I think. I think there is really just a point where we all have to kind of sit down and look at the motivations of all the different characters and be like, wait a second, who is really the villain here? And I. I mean, I don't agree with all of his methods. Like, I don't know that I would have stooped to stealing an old man's soul, but I don't know that I would call Pegasus the villain of this series. Pegasus contains multitudes. He Truly, we are you, all Jimmy. Pegasus yes, in does. our own way. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about, your, what about your least favorite from this episode? <sighs> Just, it's not a good, for games that are, new to the series this is the only other game we see and it's not very good it's i i like a lot of the concepts involved but sure. you don't get to like see any of the rules or how it works and just all this like unnecessary bullshit that you also have to get through and you can't like know what monster you're summoning or, or maybe you do and you have to have this like giant room to do it in or maybe you or don't. Maybe you don't. Who knows? It's just almost it, a a repainting of dual monsters, which is disappointing. Yeah, and and I think the thing that's that's disappointing about it too is like the thing that's cool about dual monsters, at least after a bit, right, is that you get to see sort of the interaction between different strategies. So you see, like, oh, okay, here's what happens when I play. Uh, you know the the harpy ladies and harpy's pet dragon, mm-hmm. or here's the harpy ladies and like the cyber armor or whatever it was. Uh, versus uh, you know Yugi's mirror wall or versus uh, Weevil Underwood's uh great mob. Yeah, or like, the the labyrinth. Different sort of. Yeah, exactly. The labyrinth is a great example because you get this whole like different dimension on the game and you get to see okay here's how we think around it with the tools that we have with the new game it's like the points are made up and and nothing matters because you don't know what any of the interaction between systems are because you don't know what the systems are it's and it still plays functionally as a duel like yeah one guy takes a turn then the other guy takes a turn and then you take a turn and the other guy takes a turn and it's only ever two players you're still using the same monsters um it's just a reskin of uh dual monsters and it's just kind of you know lazy yeah i mean like he's, he's again okay i get it he's 15 that's that part is fine he does not need to be this shitty about yeah he's got about his uh, he's got a real project. He, he's got a real chip on his shoulder about his game mod. Yeah, it's like it's like if you wanted to really market your hit new game, Jimmy Wins, that everyone is going to love, I'm sure, once they get to you know know the nuances. Uh, and then I accidentally 
make the news because I uh, Got get good at bit chess. by an alligator. Yeah, like I, I wrestle an alligator in Florida, right? And then I'm on the news on the same day that you want to publish Jimmy Wins, and so you don't get as many clicks as you wanted that day. How and dare you? And you come after me. I know. How dare I? And you come after me with a fucking blood oath. And the you one swear thing revenge. holding me back from greatness is you being in the news on the same day. I was going to publish my game. Jimmy wins, everybody. I win. Go download it. Go download it now. <laughs> download into your mind. Uh, you, you... Uh, if, if you go to uh, heartofthe.cards slash Jimmy Oh my wins, God, are you putting it on your website right we'll now? Have a, uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a PDF version of the rules available for it's you. It's one line. The one rule is Jimmy wins. <laughs> <laughs> can only win if you're me not any other jimmy's that's me specifically aren't i great uh, uh i know it, you, you mentioned yeah. you're worse before but i want to hear you talk about it some more because it's hilarious well i mean we're, we're talking about it right duke is my worst just in general just this guy is the fucking worst uh but no my worst is my worst worst is this Thing that he feels that he needs to add into the world and i get it like if he if he idolizes pegasus as much as he seems to pegasus is as we've established somebody who brings in sort of new phrases and colloquialisms to the lexicon he wants to introduce the phrase dimension the dice <laughs> into the vernacular of the common man and I would posit that this is bullshit <laughs> and and ridiculous. And what is it? What does it? Mean? What does it mean? It's already in. Di- it's three dimensional. Yeah, it's, it has dimensions. Yes. And then you you put it in the thing, and then you like tiles appear in yeah, your board. Yeah, it's is not that, like dimension. Mo- it's not like dual monsters where you have like a two D card, and suddenly it's in three D with these hologram projectors. It's like whoa. Dice are already in 3D. Fuck you, Duke. <laughs> and you like can't dimension the dice. You wouldn't and you wouldn't say that about playing a card and a hologram shows up. You would say, I played a card and a hologram showed up. Not I dimensioned the monster. <laughs> I dimensioned this card. Is this gonna be like is this just gonna be the new verb now? Like uh like okay, so we've been rewatching the office again, and there's that scene where Andy says, Hey, will you beer me that water? And he says, "Oh yeah, I just say I just say beer me instead of give me." It's it's funny. And then Jim's like, "Lord, beer me strength." Is this the new Lord beer me strength? Lord dimension strength? It's uh, he's trying to like force it into becoming a meme, like Yeet or on fleek. He's trying to like get into the public consciousness enough to get other people to say it ironically and then start saying it honestly. But okay, let, let's like let's like vision board this a little, uh, like really quick. Like, what is the dimension the dice vine, right? Like, what it like how how do you end up using this in a way that becomes popular? You can't. He's trying to force it by just yelling it. <laughs> it dimension just, it the dice. Dimension the dice. And okay, now okay, now that I've said it, I can picture it. If Vine were still alive, R.I.P. Vine. The vine that makes Dimension the Dice popular is somebody saying, Dimension the Dice, Limension the Lice, Mimension the Mice. And, and just, just finding like all other the... like 3D things pop up 
like uh-huh. a, a 3D mouse. Imension the ice. And it gets cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, you know what? Uh now I've said it so many times. I'm I'm tomorrow morning I'm going to dimension me some coffee. <laughs> See, it wouldn't work like that, though. You'd have to be someone like Kaiba, who's, like, working to mod these 3D things. And, like, every time he would make a new hologram, he'd be like, I just dimensioned Blue-Eyes White Dragon. Oh, it's like, uh, okay, so it's the act of sort of putting polygons together in a pleasing shape. Yeah, but in three dimensions in the real world. (sighs) Is it because they go from three dimensions to two dimensions to three dimensions? Is that... I guess. It's going through dimensions very quickly. Like conceptually, so like I, not real dimensions. When I like fold my laptop shut, am I dimensioning my laptop? <laughs> if you like take a piece of p- paper and you're like good at origami, <laughs> I just dimensioned this uh, dragon here. I just dimensioned the swan. Oh boy, I just hey, dim- took a big d- dimension d- in d- the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go in there for a while. Something took form that was not in that form before. Dear God. I was going to go the opposite direction, like getting ready for like a big dinner or something and be like, hey, did you check out the napkins? I dimensioned them to cranes. (laughs) It's like uh, in like hotels or like cruise ships where they take your towels and fold them into little animals. Whoa, they dimensioned my towel into a bear. (laughs) It's fucking like, and again, okay, the other thing that bothers me about it is that he has to shout it every time. Like, the same way that he has to shout, go dice roll, like, yeah, bro, we can see what you're doing. We know that you're playing the piece or rolling the dice. Like, that doesn't need to be made more obvious with your fucking fastball pitch that you're throwing here. None of these things need to be catchphrases. No, and stop hurling your dice. You're going to break something. You child. Yeah, you're going to crack your little screen by chucking your dice at them. Duke Duke just acts, he acts like, you know how there was, there was always that one kid in like middle school or high school who... Has the power of God like, and anime on his side? <laughs> well, yes. But like he thought that he was cool because he had a five-hour energy once and like acting crazy is his brand now uh he's the crazy kid you know yeah he's the crazy guy he's out there he's kooky he's so energetic he had a five-hour energy once and he's still feeling the buzz like i don't know duke needs to just take a nap uh now i'm picturing all of duke's lines but instead of having like a deep-voiced voice actor like do all the lines like give him a voice that an actual like 14 year old kid would do that's like squeaky and cracks all the time <laughs> why will you learn the directions of consequences you the dice <laughs> that's what he would sound like jesus oh i hate that so much and more. i feel like that oh, would that be made it so much, much more worse. true to his character <laughs> instead of it being because we're seeing it as he we're i think we're seeing duke as he wants us to see him as this cool like mm. dice master Yes, but pic- like picturing him as an actual kid who picks up dice between his fingers and dresses like that and yells, uh, "I'm <laughs> go dice roll! I'm dimensioning the dice." Uh, 
conveys a portrait of a very different and much more annoying person. And it, it feels like I feel guilty saying all of this because I know that there's a voice actor who put a lot of work into betraying this character, and they did a good job. Yeah, his voice the is voice great. The voice actor is good. I like the voice a lot. He puts a lot of um, just real scorn and smugness into the voice that I, we haven't talked about, but comes through very well in just making this... Like, more so... This very... More so than Kaiba's yes, does. Yes, even more than... Because Kaiba is just, like, angry all the time. But... Right. Duke Devlin is smug as fuck. <laughs> really struggle to get the f out there. Uh, yeah, no, he is. He is, and it's and it's 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 sort of an inspiring level of snark. Yeah, but it's placed in a bad character that I don't like, and I know that we're going to see a lot of him. He's around. He 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 he's a he's a a, a returning sort of. Care, uh, 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 he becomes part of the mise en scene. Oh, does he? Of uh, he does, uh, and I, for one, am not looking forward to it. Every uh, time we see, we him, have talked for so long about Duke. But what were you going to say? I'm just every time he shows up now, I'm just going to uh, hear his voice as like a kid squealing on Xbox Live. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Go dice roll. To mention that. He's trying to dimension that ammo for his his uh, his AK in Call of Duty. Uh, okay. No, you got the energy sword. I wanted the energy sword. <laughs> oh, I'm having flashbacks now. Uh, we have talked far too long about Duke Devlin and his terrible, terrible ways. Can we please move on to the end of the episode? It's time. It's, it's time, time to end the episode because we've been recording for two hours and I am very tired. Uh, Jimmy, as we do every week, we like to end with a card of the week. The card of the week from the show that I like to talk about just super briefly is uh, my favorite child and yours, the 13th grave. 13th grave has a way cooler name than it deserves. The, the 13th grave has a cooler name and a cooler description than it deserves. So I've pulled it up here. It's a three-star, 1,200 attack, 900 defense zombie creature. And its description is just this. A zombie that suddenly appeared from plot number 13, an empty grave. Whoa, that's... Bum, bum, bum. That's... That is how you write a horror movie. That's super badass. That's like a plot hook right there. Yeah. Plot number 13? No, that's been that's been empty. We've never put a, a corpse there. It's been lying in wait. Then who's that standing in it? Wow. Uh, yeah, right? So that's pretty good. But that's basically the only good thing about that card. It's just it's it's a it's a skeleton it's with a skeleton and a sword. Uh, would you like to hear our random card of the week i just pulled up the week. 13th grave and um i was looking at the card art and it's like holding the um his like rusty sword up to the camera but uh, i was just looking like look at my sword yeah like check it out but from the thumbnail it looked like he had because you can kind of see his ribs too so i thought those were fingers uh, and he just had like a ukulele Oh, see, I got a very different read on it because it looks like he's... I, I knew it was a sword, but it looked like he's like caressing it like Salad Fingers style. <laughs> the failing of this rusty sword on my grave fingers is simply <laughs> orgasmic. 
Uh, you know, there's a new salad fingers oh, out like a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, our, our other card of the week, our random card of the week generated by my list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card is spell of pain. Oh, it's a painful spell. Jimmy, it's the spell of pain. Ouch. The spell of pain says when your opponent activates a card or effect that would inflict effect damage to you. Your opponent takes the effect damage from that card or effect instead. Ha ha ha! That's pretty good. A true, a true counter spell if there ever were one. Uh, except I think it's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Uh, but yeah, the art on this is actually pretty good. Uh, it features another card that we're gonna see next season. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's a. Uh, a... Oh, I'm gonna forget what it's called now. It's not Genji. Is it? It's. it's like are a... you talking about the? Guy with the sword. No, no, no. The other oh. guy facing away from us. It's like Jito or Jiro or I don't Giro, know. Gyro. Anyway, it's a card that we see later on. He's got like a like a skull cap, uh, or like a like a brain cap. I guess it looks like a brain and like blue armor with a red cape. And he is uh, pointing a zappy finger, a zappy lightning finger at a classic wizard generic. Pose. Yeah, but like. It's a generic knight, dude. What, oh, what is this, this guy? Yeah, he looks almost like. Well, from his like, I don't even know what you call that kind of armor—the stuff hanging at his hips. But he looks like a samurai. Yeah, it's like the samurai. What would you call it? Like a plate skirt. Yeah, in I'm, a way. I've no idea what that thing is called, but it's the almost like mesh armor hanging around him to protect his legs. Yeah. Uh, and he's got a red cape as well, and above him, and this is how you really know that it's a spell of pain, Jimmy. It's a it's a dark cloud. It's Texas from Ferngully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's the dark mark appearing in the sky above the Quidditch match. Uh, it's it's he who shall not be named appearing in the mist. Uh, it's just a, it's an angry skull face. Yeah, it's a cloud with an angry skull and the wizard guy in the foreground is like, eh, and there's like a bolt of magical energy hitting the swordsman creating this skull cloud. It's spell of pain. It's another one of those cards where it's like, yeah, you could probably picture what that is. Yeah. Very you know, vibrant. Just draw it with your eyes closed. You're like, meh. It is. The colors are, uh again very 90s in a way like we have a lot of like pinks and oranges it's, and like greens and blues mixed it's in like together. a violent lisa frank Ooh, shit you know what if there were a violent lisa well not maybe not violent lisa frank but like if there were a line of like stationary and binders and whatnot that were lisa frank colors but depictions of like wizards and monsters and like knights on horseback like I'd be into that shit. I'd be into that shit now. Yeah, I'm sure there's something out there that'll uh, scratch that itch. All right, everybody send me your favorite heavy metal Lisa Frank <laughs> art. <laughs> and uh, and I will get it on a t-shirt. I don't know. On, a, on my Trapper Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's our card of the week, Spell of Pain. 
Uh, hey, if you like the show uh, and you want to get in touch with us, you can email us is the best way to get a hold of us. That's youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, reach us also on Twitter and Instagram. You can view all our, our media stuff there. Jimmy's been doing a great job posting images to the Instagram. Uh, that's at yampod, Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, and you can go to our website. It's heartofthe.cards. Uh, and if you want to look at uh, Jimmy's new hit game, Jimmy Wins, that's heart of the dot cards forward slash Jimmy Wins, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, Jimmy, your other podcast just released another episode. Yes, it is, I think, our 17th episode. Uh, that sounds right. But yes. it's, I think it's the second to last episode, and shit is going down. Uh, there may be a Draco Lich involved. Uh, yeah. So it is on like Donkey Kong, and that is Dungeons Against Humanity, uh, the podcast, the, the hit podcast on the lips of uh, every uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Cards Against Humanity fan. Uh, it's D A H podcast mm-hmm. on Twitter. I've been really enjoying. I will say the Twitter presence for Dungeons Against Humanity is really great because, and you've mentioned this previously. Uh, every episode has a quote of the week and a role of the week. Yes, our DM, Sam, has been very good at doing that sort of thing and putting uh, getting some great and, quotes out there. And it's been very great because the role of the week is not always the best role of the episode. It is just the most interesting role of the episode, which I think is a great way to do that. Um, yeah, so go check that out. It's, uh, it's, it's some good shit, and I'm excited to see how it turns out. Next week, we'll be talking about Dungeon Dice Monsters Part 3. Part 3 uh, of And then four, after right? that, Part 3 of 4. Yeah, I was just going to say, we have we have Part 3 and then Part 4. And then that's going to be the end of Season 1. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time for us. We've been talking about what we're going to do for Season 2, how the show is going to change. Uh, it's going to be shorter, I think, is one of our, our goals. Our goal is to make it shorter. We'll see how that shakes out. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we might take some time off to like record some episodes and figure out a new format, but we'll talk about that next week and the week after. Uh, yeah, so uh, next episode will be in a week. And until then... Dimension the dice! Fuck you. <laughs>